you are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Lena McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Ghost Boys podcast, Landon, did you enjoy your weekend? How you doing, buddy? I did. I enjoyed my weekend. Uh, I was uh, able to get everything I needed done uh, in time for a new week, uh, which is a little bit more than it sounds like uh, the owners can say, because it uh, looks like they're trying to <laughs> push back uh, some deadlines because oh, they didn't man. get enough work done over the weekend, apparently. These transitions always kill me. But yes, we are going to be talking uh, about some of the free agency stuff coming up next week. I believe it's next Monday is the start of free agency or the legal tampering period. Uh, the franchise tag deadline is technically on Tuesday, we'll see. but it sounds like that might get pat- pushed back a little bit. But uh, today, Landon, we're going to be talking trade targets and potential trade possibilities for the Dallas Cowboys. Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated put out a really interesting piece this morning on all the guys across the NFL that are currently on the trading blocks uh, on the trading block with so many teams trying to get under the cap. There is just a, a big list of veterans that could be available. And we're going to run down through the list, Landon. We can be quick with these. We can take our time. Uh, let's let's run through some of the guys that could be on the move in the next couple of days. First and foremost, Quan Alexander. He's due $13.4 million. Uh, Breer notes that he is more likely to be cut than traded. Any interest from Dallas here? You know, I, I, there's a couple of these guys who, if they weren't coming off injury situations, I feel like I would be a little bit more interested. And I think Quan Alexander is right. one of them, right? Like, I, I don't know that that his injury issue would have too much effect on how much money he's going to cost the Saints when they don't have any money to spend. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think either way, he probably would be someone for the block or you know for the for the cut block as well. Um, you know, I I have a little bit of hesitancy because I, I I think Quan Alexander is a good player and I think that he could provide you something uh, as a will linebacker, especially in this scheme. Um, but I, I also but it's a torn Achilles, yeah, man. That's the problem. Is that right? Like that's a that's a serious injury, and it's it's not even just mm-hmm. that it's a a serious injury. He's he's 33 years old with a torn Achilles, and that's you know usually not a good sign for gaining your lower body explosion back, and that's kind of where a guy like Alexander makes his money. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- it's also worth noting he's been on what this is three teams now in the last three years, right? Yeah. He's bounced around quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think you know having less athleticism doesn't make him more appealing, right? And and so yeah, I, I yeah. think for the Cowboys they probably need to look another route if they're looking to improve the linebacker situation. I think something like this would be a band aid situation at best, and, and and even then, like you know, I mean, I think. Quan Alexander at his best is probably you're probably trying to beat that with a draft pick, right? I mean, I don't know that even at, sure. at his prime that he was really worth uh, giving up a lot of assets for. 
Uh, he's actually only 26 years old, so he's still That's fairly crazy. young. That's... Yeah, yeah. But he's played now for the Buccaneers, the 49ers, and the Saints in the last three years. So uh, I think I, I do think the speed has diminished a little bit. Uh, he's not. He's never been fantastic in coverage. So I'm curious to see what his market looks like in free agency. But I would be surprised if he gets dealt. Uh, maybe Dallas has interest in free agency if he is cut. Uh, let's move on to Geno Atkins, the all-pro defensive tackle with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals would like to trade him. His cap numbers are okay over the next two years, 12.2 million, 13.4 million. Uh, but he is 33 years old. He is coming off a shoulder injury. Uh, is that somebody you would be interested in if you were the Cowboys? I would see what the deal is. You know, I mean, uh, again, the, he's coming off an injury. Uh, his, his cap number is not, you know, prohibitive by you know no, no, no. imagination, especially for a player the caliber of Geno Atkins. Um, but but the question is is you know what's that shoulder look like? I mean the good news there with with him versus Gino is that yeah obviously he's older but he's also coming off a shoulder injury which you know to me I, I'm not I'm not as wary about that as I would be like an Achilles or a lower body injury sure, right? especially sure. at at Gino's age he's 33 as opposed to a very old 26 with Quan Alexander um, yes I you know I think your need at defensive tackle is pretty pretty severe and and. I think what you would probably do is look at the cost difference between uh, Gino and uh, Gerald McCoy and see, you know, what's how much bet more is Gino Atkins worth uh, worth to us than than Gerald McCoy, and and are we willing to pay that the difference between the two? Uh, I would say it's pretty significant, right? I think Atkins is just a better player, and you mentioned that the the difference in injuries, right? Like. McCoy coming off a lower leg yep. injury and Gino coming off a shoulder injury. Strangely enough, I feel better about Gino than I do Gerald. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's legitimate. And and uh, you know, I, I guess the question now becomes like, what is you know, what's the acquisition cost? Is is Gino going to be someone that ends up getting cut, or is he is he going to be someone that's going to end up being traded? And if he's traded, you know, what's what's? I, I imagine that these are you know trades that we're talking about day three picks middle middle yeah, round picks yeah, so they're not yeah. a or lot. maybe pick swaps something yeah. like that so so i think you know the, the question is what's the cost uh uh and is it willing to, you know with the cowboys having some extra picks because of uh, of of the comp picks this may be something that's that's worth looking into especially again if they want to do pick swaps that's the best way to do that you're not actually losing an asset it's just decreasing a little bit yep. uh that one's interesting the one that's actually more interesting to me, Landon, is the next one. What about Michael Brockers? He's 30 years old. Uh, the, he almost got signed away by the Ravens last year, and then he went back to the Rams. Uh, he's making $9 million this year, $9 million next year. Really, he's more of well, he's really more of a one technique that can give you some pass rush. Is that appealing to you at all? My question here is what, what are the Rams going to want for him? Because I, I do feel like this is one of those – the, this uh, this situation is a bit more appealing than the other situations to the point where I feel like the cost may be a bit higher to, to, to acquire. Well, I, I to this it sounds like more of a cap situation where the the, the Rams are just so yeah. cash strapped. 
maybe they would take, you know, hey, we'll slide down from the third round to the fourth round and you get you get Michael Brockers. Like, I don't, I don't think that's all that unrealistic. Uh, yeah, hopefully. And if that's the case, then the Cowboys should definitely uh, be on the phone. But at the same time, if that's the case, I imagine a number of teams might be on the phone. And so there could mm-hmm. be a little bit of a of a market there. Uh, so and I don't know that, you know, there, there's going to be like a huge. Uh, trade war for Michael Brockers at, at this point at you know nine million dollars, but I think that you know when you're talking, I mean that's the other thing about it is that you're already talking about paying a one technique nine million dollars, which you know that may be the extent of what the Cowboys are even willing to do. <laughs> Trading on top of that may be a bridge too far. So I I sure, agree. Sure. I think that the Cowboys should definitely look at this, and I think that if you sign someone like Michael Brockers, suddenly your defensive tackle situation looks a lot more palatable. Um, and so, especially at the spot that you really need it, Michael Brockers, you know, specifically provides the skill set that you're, you're, you most yes. desperately need yes. at defensive tackle. So uh, a, a run stuffer, a true run stuffer who can provide a little bit of pass rush and, and, and not just have to come off the field for, for, or for third down. So uh, I, I'm definitely more interested in this situation than the other two. But I also think that because of that, I mean, there's going to be more interest around the league than in this situation than the other two. And, and there may be a little bit, not, not too much, certainly, but a little bit more of a price to pay uh, to acquire Brockers than the other two guys. Uh, since being drafted in 2012, Brockers has missed just six games. He's missed just three since 2013. So... Very reliable, plays a bunch of snaps. You can plug him in at the one. If you need him to give some pass rush as a three, he can do that as well. That's one that I'm at least monitoring. Maybe maybe you give up a third-round pick, and if the Rams will eat half the salary, then I'm, then I'm really, really interested, interested, right? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So it, it, maybe that's on the board as well. So let's keep Michael Brockers in mind as a potential trade candidate. Just wanted to take a quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and make sure you use that promo code Locked On. Uh, a couple other ones, Landon, that we'll just run through here pretty quickly. Uh, Brandon Brooks. Obviously, the Cowboys aren't going to trade for a guard inside the division, especially one that's coming off a, a torn Achilles. But do you think the Eagles can get anything from Brandon Brooks? <laughs> Howie, Howie's definitely telling everybody that they will. Um, <laughs> you know. Well, speaking of that, what about Zach Ertz? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I made a joke on Twitter yesterday that uh, that, uh, that Howie is John Baroning everybody and calling and changing his voice and pretending that uh, he could, uh, you know, oh, yeah, the guys are super interested in Zach Ertz. There are multiple picks from what <laughs> I understand. Uh, sure. You know, sure. I, I, I think that Brooks – He's again a guy who's coming off of a, a torn Achilles. He's over thirty years old. He is he's one of the better guards when he's healthy in football. So I think there is some market for him. And I think Ertz is is in a kind of similar situation, right? When he's healthy, has been one of the top players in his position, but has struggled through a bunch of injuries, uh, and his number isn't exactly great. So I, I think mm. there's a market, but I don't think it's quite the market that the the Eagles are hoping for. Uh, and I, I I think that you know for someone like Brooks. Yeah, I, I, maybe a mid late round pick, right? Like, I mean, a, a prove it deal. I, I think he's yeah. one of a lot of these guys who, 
you know, in a normal year uh, would have a real market. Uh, but because of the, 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 the salary cap being the way it is and, and because the market is going to be flooded with cheap, middle-priced middle, middle priced, uh, free agents, guys like Brandon Brooks are, are probably in a situation where they may just take a pay cut and, and play for the Eagles again one more year and see what happens uh, in free agency. I, I agree with you on Brooks. In regards to Zach Ertz, I really think he's just a name any more than a big-name player. A uh, little spoiler alert, I, I wrote or I did a video on the top 20 tight ends at the game day that's coming out later this week. Um, Zach Ertz, not in the top 20. Wow. I just don't think okay. he's good anymore. I think he's I think he's kind of washed. So I think he's more likely to be cut than traded. And I think he winds up on a team as, you know, the number two or number three tight end, maybe in Indianapolis, re, you know, reuniting him yeah. with Carson Wentz. Yeah. I just don't think he has it. Uh, all right, here's two more, Landon, that I think are really, really interesting. Trent Brown of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, he's got a ton of money due to him over the next two years. It's None of it's guaranteed. So I do think he's ultimately going to get released by the Raiders. If, if he's available, and let's say the Cowboys have an issue with one of their tackles and they're not able to come back, is Trent Brown appealing to you at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a player, uh, I think the question mm. becomes, you know, what's the price and, and what's the market for him? Because I feel like the market would be pretty nice to him. Because I do feel like, you know, he's still young. He's a good player. Uh, and he's being cut for almost purely financial reasons. So um, yes. Yes. I, I think, you know, for that, he'll have he'll have a nice little market. Again, it's, it's kind of a, a weird anomaly because of the year that we're dealing with because of COVID. But I, I think that there is going to be a nice little trade market for guys like this potentially uh you know more so than like a brandon brooks right that that like these are guys who uh maybe normally wouldn't come off of rosters right maybe normally what yes. they uh, yes. teams would find a way to eat this salary uh and just wait it out and see if they could uh, you know do some uh, roster or some financial gymnastics to try to make it work but because of the salary cap being where the where it is, and some of these teams like the Raiders and, and Saints and, and the Eagles are in such dire straits, they don't have the luxury of, of kind of keeping that guy around the way that they normally would. So I, I think some of these guys will generate their own trade markets, and I think Trent Brown potentially mm-hmm. could be one of those guys because uh, he's a starting offensive tackle. Those are not easy to find in the NFL, and they certainly don't usually – you know, come on to the market, especially 27-year-old uh, uh, starters. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was just a little bit of a trade market for him. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pricey. It's a lot of money that he's, that he's due. Uh, but I, I think for some team that, like, doesn't have uh, an answer at offensive line and has a bunch of cap space, you know, I, I think someone like Trent Brown would be someone that they might be willing to kind of, like you said, flip a late round pick for or flip a mid round pick for. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there were multiple people talking to the Raiders about trying to get Trent Brown off their roster. So here's the thing with Trent Brown, and it's so fascinating. Um, he's already been paid two years. He made $36 million from the Raiders. He played 16 games over the last two years. He got COVID twice during the season. He didn't work all that hard at getting back from an injury that he had, played just five, uh, five games. Talent is not a problem no. at all with Trent Brown. When he is on the field, 
I think he's the best right tackle, honestly, in all of football. And you can make a case that he's a top 10 overall tackle. I mean, for a guy that's six foot six, 380 pounds and moves the way he does, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Just really quickly, they had a game against Chicago in 2019, and they put him on an island against Khalil Mack, and he completely dominate Cleo Mack. Like that's the type of talent Trent Brown has. I just think Mike Mayock and John Gruden are are tired of some of the excuses and not always trying to to be ready to go and be a professional. Somebody's going to get a heck of a right tackle yeah. and maybe even a left, left tackle because we saw him play left tackle in New England. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys would be interested, um, but I think he will ultimately get moved. Um, the last guy that I want to mention that could interest the Cowboys. What about Stephon Gilmore, Landon? Uh, it sounds like the Patriots maybe tried to trade him last offseason. It sounds like they they might be interested in moving on from him this year. He costs just under $8 million. It does sound like Gilmore would potentially want an extension. He is 31 years old. Uh, but for a cornerback that is as proven as he is, would you be willing to give maybe a top 100 pick for the right to pay Stephon Gilmore? That's the problem, right? The right to pay. I think that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And at 31 years old, um, you know, Stephon Gilmore has been the best cornerback in football or, or top five cornerbacks yeah, in football close, in the last three least. years, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's it's something worth kicking the tires on, you know, and seeing what the what the, the numbers would cost for a Stephon Gilmore to, to come in and play, you know, to, to get like an extension or something like that after a trade. What's he want? What's 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 his number look like? I, I think this is worth investigating just because you're right. This is a incredibly uh, talented player. Uh, you know, I think and you wonder, too, like what his his number may not be that high because, you know, he's already making eight million this year. Right. Only eight million mm-hmm. this year. Uh, so, I mean, I think you could potentially you know, talk about if he's going to get cut either way. Uh, what's his what's his free free agent market look like? And if that's the right. case, that's probably where you're starting to talk about a, a re-signed deal. So you trade him, trade for him, so you don't have to send him to the market, right? And then you kind of get an idea of what his trade mar- what his mar- value would be on the street to kind of start the negotiations of of what you would end up paying him. So. Uh, I mean, at age 31, you it's conceivable that probably three more good seasons, maybe. right, I think? Yeah, I mean, for a guy so like maybe this, ta- yeah, for sure. Yeah, and maybe you tack on a two-year extension, and maybe you make it a three-year extension with one of those years being voidable just to, to give you some salary cap relief. But if you want to put him and Trevon Diggs together and it doesn't cost me the 10th pick in the draft and it doesn't cost me pick 44, I was just gonna say. that's where – that's where I get really, really interested because now I fix my cornerback room and I still have two other picks that I can use to work on the defense. That's where I'm interested later. I was just going to say, so like, what do you think, you know, what, I mean, it, third round, like that's where probably you, you would, you, you put the ceiling on that. I mean, he won defensive player of the year in 2019. I, it's, I mean, that's it's just what kind ago. of talent. Yeah. No, no, not at all. And his game has never been built off like athleticism and stuff. So I think you know, at age 31, I don't think it's inconceivable that he could have another all-pro caliber year because he's just so smart with play recognition and coverages, and uh, I think he could play in a cover three. So uh, a third-round pick is probably, I think, very realistic. Yeah, um, I agree. A couple, a couple of other ones. You just say yes or no. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. This, this is really, really, really quickly. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner, Raiders. Maybe. 
No, no, okay. no probably not. I, 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 probably I, I not. worry about his play last year a little bit. Okay. Maybe you get him on a cheap deal Maybe. if he's cut. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray, no. Andrew Norwell, the guard from Jacksonville, no. David Njoku? It's, I don't know if it's worth the juice at this point, right? Like, cause yeah, probably You've got not. two tight ends who you like, and I think I'd want to see them too. Uh, I mean, you're, you're going to have to move a little bit to, to prime from Cleveland. I don't know if Dallas is willing to do that right now. Yeah, still only 23 or 24 years old, which is <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders? No. no. Uh, Preston Smith? No. Again, I, I, I think similar to what we just discussed with uh, – uh, with I, I just my brain fell out of my head uh, with with a joiner I, I just don't know that mm-hmm. or sorry in Joku I just don't know that it's worth it right for the Cowboys yeah, I, I, I think agree. that they probably like what they have there and it may cost more than they're willing to spend at the position right now two more guards Kevin Zeitler Trey Turner I'm assuming that those are both no's correct yeah I mean just they've they've got a lot of money at the position they like the young guys that they have at the position I think they'll probably try them out before they go out and try to you know spend a lot of money and picks to get somebody. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is Apple Almond Crisp against German chocolate cake. Go to BuiltBar.com or go to Built underscore bar on twitter and remember to use the promo code locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order that is locked on 20 to get 20 percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar out there all right, let's go ahead and transition over to Mock Draft Monday, Lynn. And uh, we look at all the Mock Drafts on Monday because that seems like it's the big day to get those clicks out there. And not surprisingly, uh, we're seeing a consensus starting to form for the Dallas Cowboys uh, at the Draft Network, at Pro Football Focus, at CBS, all of them having uh, the Cowboys take Patrick Sertan at number 10. Uh, as we stand here ahead of free agency, you love that pick, right? I think we've, we've talked about this a bunch. Uh, is that the, the the most ideal pick for the Cowboys in the first round, not considering like Penny Sewell or something other than that? I mean, outside of like, yeah, like you said, the kind of uh, unreal you know, luck falling, someone falling to us that's, that, that probably won't fall to us. Yeah, I mean, I just feel comfortable with the Sertan situation. Again, it's, it's in a year where there's so much uncertainty uh, give me a guy who I can feel, you know, pretty comfortable about at the tenth pick, and I and I think that Sertan doesn't have, you know, elite speed or or uh, maybe top 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 elite athleticism, uh, but what he does have is a ton of experience and a lot of good snaps against really good competition, and uh, I think that gives me a, a, a peace of mind that his transition. That, I mean, I I feel very confident that he is going to be an NFL cornerback, you know. So I, I would agree. It's really just about how good and is he a pro bowler and you know that sort of thing so uh for me i think in a year where you just have very little known quantities uh I, i'm i'm comfortable taking the most known quantity in the top of the draft uh, and, and just seeing how he fits in the rest of our defense and talk about a known quality played three years at alabama including starting as a freshman which 
we never see in a Nick Saban defense. So a ton of coverage snaps, performed really well, got better every season. He's got the size, you know, the athleticism, the length that the Cowboys want at corner. And he played in 2020. A lot of these other yeah. guys that we're going to be talking about with Caleb Farley and Micah Parsons and Sewell and Slater, none of those guys played. So having somebody that you actually watched perform last year, I, I think is just going to be too hard to pass on. But, Landon, here, here's my last question before you, for you before we head out. What would be the the least that you would take to trade down away from Sertan? So let's say he's sitting on the board and some team behind you offers a you know a trade package to maybe come up and get a quarterback or to get Sertan. What would be the price that that you would finally say, okay, that's that's fine, I'll take that. Like is a fourth round pick enough? I'm gonna go ahead and say no, right? I need a third round pick. I mean, I think at the very yeah. least, right? And, and I think any third round pick is still for a trade down, depending on where it is, is still the most appetizing uh, option, even including Sertan, right? Like, all right. So let me give you an option. Like, yeah. Let's say the Patriots come up and they want Patrick Sertan because of the Saban Alabama ties. They they are willing to give you was it fifteen and their third round pick for. For for Sertan, are you doing that? Yes, because I'm not. I, I'm really not. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm doing that. I, Why is that? Because I think that if you're getting another third round pick, I mean, if you look at the options that you're getting available in that whole second to third round area, there's so many players available that that, that, that you feel good about. Uh, but do you feel good about who will be there at 15? See, that's my bigger problem. I, yeah, because I don't love the guys that are going to be there. I think I. I think I. I think I, I have more comfort picking at 15 than at 10 just i just think that okay so be more people available so give me give, give me three options that you like at 15 assuming sertan and let's say farley are off the board let's say those two guys go nine and ten now who do you like in that next group of players because this is where i really struggle lane and i i think there is a massive talent drop off from nine and ten to 15 i think at 15 you could and i mean i, I don't know that any of these guys are going to be here, but i think it's un, none of these people would be unrealistic i think Sure. Slater could be there at 15. I think J.C. Horn could be there at 15. I think uh, Ojolari could be there at 15. I, I think 15 is when you could start thinking about someone like Barrymore, if you like Barrymore more. I think, uh, you know, Vera Tucker. I think some of the there's, – there's plenty of offensive linemen if you want to look at that that, that situation. Uh, guys like Quiddy Pay come into play, I think, more at 15. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, these may not be our favorite players, but I think that there are more players that are worthy of that pick at 15 than there would be at 10. And I like Sertan at 10. I'm comfortable with Sertan at 10. I'm, I, I'm, the reason I like that pick is because I'm, uh, I'm comfortable with getting out of the draft with that talent and 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 putting it into my into my roster. Would I want something more if offered? I think I would because I think the opportunity to get one more of those, you know, top 100 guys on a defense that you know could handle it, that could use it. I, I think it, that has that has appealed to me, and, and I like the picks that I I, I, I I like the picks that I see when I trade back at 15 and like simulations and that sort of thing. See, see, this is where you differ. You like the pick of Sertan at 10. Well, I love it. Like that to me, that's the the best case scenario. Like I, I yeah. want that player to fall to me at ten, and I guess that's where I, I feel like if I can get a starting cornerback that I that has NFL bloodlines that fits the scheme perfectly at ten, 
That's great. Let's move on to the second round and start working there because I, too many bad things can happen if I move down from 10 to 15. I think there's a chance I end up not getting a first-round player, and that would be very, very disappointing considering how this year went. Sure. And I, but I think you could also get a, a, a starting NFL corner with uh, with NFL bloodlines at 15 because J.C. Horn will be there at 15. So. That's true. I do like J.C. Horn. <laughs> I just feel like there's, there no, is a I, gap between the I two. I totally understand. And, like, look, I think the, the difference between where you and I are is very small. You know, like, I, yes, I, I think, yes, we're, you yes. know, we're arguing semantics to a large degree. But I, I agree. Like, I think to me, if I'm if I'm power ranking the situations – I would look, prefer a little trade down to 15-ish than uh, standing and picking and, and picking. I'm very, very comfortable staying and picking at 10 and, and it being Sertan. In fact, that, I guess that's my point, is that the only situation that seems more appealing to me than that is a trade back and getting another potentially another starter for your defense uh, in this draft. So one of the reasons that you would trade back for number 10 is if you really like the cornerback options, maybe in the second round. Yeah. Um, Landon, we are going to do a show later this week talking about some potential second round corners that the Cowboys could be interested in. Uh, that's a tease, everybody. Yeah. That'll be up later this week. I'm, so make sure you guys tune into that. I'm not the only one that does teases, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we will see you next time.